0: Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday morning podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. Our Sunday morning services begin at 9 and 11 o'clock. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Good morning, River of Life. Music is an amazing thing, isn't it? Um, did you know, I think it's uh, one time I looked this up, the Bible contains over 400 references to singing. And and even more importantly than that, at 50 different times, there are specific commands in the Bible instructing us to sing. 50 times the Bible tells us to sing. For example, Psalms 96 says, "'Sing unto the Lord, uh, all you earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord, bless His name. Every day make known His salvation.'" But have you ever asked yourself why? why? Why sing? If you look at the Bible, the Bible doesn't just come in and say, uh, God doesn't simply ask us to praise his name. He commands us to sing praises to his name. But why, why would he do that? I mean, think about it. We could just come to church and, and we could just pray and, and preach and go home. But over and over, the Bible tells us not just to sing individually, but it tells us that when we gather as a congregation, when we gather in the tabernacle, when we gather in the church, we are to to sing. But why? What is it about singing that is so important? Well, to be honest, to answer that question would take more than one sermon. There's actually a lot of reasons in the Bible that we're told to sing. But this morning, I want to remind you of just one very practical reason and that is that singing helps us remember singing helps us remember have you ever noticed I, i'm at the age now i'm 57 did you ever notice how you can literally remember songs and rhymes and 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 uh, nursery rhymes or tv jingles or songs you listen to in high school you can still repeat the words have you ever noticed that how easy that you can't remember what you ate for dinner yesterday but you can you can you can remember those psalms. It, it is an amazing thing. Have you ever noticed when we, when we teach our children the ABCs, how do we do it? We sing a song. You see, cultures all over the world ha- do this very same thing when they want to teach their children letters. They want to teach their children numbers. They want to uh, teach their children the states around the country. How do they do it? They make up songs. They make up rhymes. You see, music has this incredible ability. It's called a mnemonic ability. And scientists are just now beginning to try to understand what this is, and what they're finding is that our brains are hardwired to remember music, songs set, uh, words set to music much better than we mem- remember words uh, alone. But you see, God has always understood this. After all, He designed it. There's an amazing story in Deuteronomy chapter 31. And we all know Moses has led the, the people out of uh, Egypt, and he's, they spent 40 years in the desert. And they finally come up to the, the promised land. And uh, they're, they're getting ready to enter in. And God comes to Moses, and he says, Moses, you're going to die. He says, you're going to die. You're not going to be able to take the people into the promised land. That's going to fall to Joshua. He said, but I'm going to tell you, go ahead and tell you what's going to happen to these people. He said, I'm going to take them over into the promised land. And, and, and for, for lack of a better word, they're going to get fat and they're going to get lazy. And when I take them over there, they're going to turn away from me and they're going to turn to other gods. So he says, Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write a song and I want you to teach it to the people. Now, if you want to read the words of that song, you can find that in Deuteronomy 32. But in Deuteronomy 31, 21, God tells Moses Why? he wants him to write a song. He says this, And when many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song ca- shall confront them as a witness, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. In other words, he says, teach them a song because a song they'll remember. If we just said the words, they might forget about it. But when you teach a song and you teach it to your children, you remember. See, it, it, music has this amazing ability To do this. Now listen to me. This makes music a very powerful thing. A very powerful thing. New Testament scholar Gordon McPhee or Gordon Fee once said this, show me a church's songs and I'll show you their theology. Show me a church's songs and I'll show you their theology. Let's be honest. I can get up here this morning and I can quote scripture and I can just preach the greatest message I've ever preached. But later this afternoon, it'll be much easier for you to remember one of the songs that was sang than it will be to remember what I said. You'll catch it. Right. Am I right? It's just something about music. It gets in our head and just, it just plays over and over. It's got this amazing ability. But that is why the words of a song, especially when we gather as a congregation, When we come together as a church, the words of a song should be the very first thing we ever think about or we ever consider before we ever sing that song. Not the melody, not how beautiful it sounds, not not the beat or any of that kind of thing, not that it elicits some emotional high. Colossians 3.16, Paul says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You see, it is the word of Christ. It is the word about Christ. It's the word of salvation, the word of the gospel, the word of scripture. That is what should dwell in us richly as we teach, as we admonish, and as we sing with one another. You see, songs can move us emotionally. We all know that, right? Church songs can do that. And by the way, secular songs can do that. There's a story in the Old Testament about Saul, and Saul was sitting against God, and, and God took his Holy Spirit, and it says he sent a distressing spirit against Saul. And when that distressing spirit would come, Saul would call for David, and David would play, and the spirit would leave. In other words, that song could change the mood. It could change the room. You've always, you've always been there before, right? You hear that song, and it, just, it lifts you up. It, it kind of changes the mood, but here's the problem. That's only temporary. It's just a temporary spike on the emotional meter. It's just a temporary lift. But let me tell you, songs about Jesus, songs about Christ, songs about salvation and what He's done for us, songs based on Scripture, they're, they're much more than just an emotional uptick. They have a power that goes far beyond that. They don't just change our mood, they have the power to change us. See, these are songs that preach. These are songs that teach. These are songs... That admonish, and by the way, these are songs that remind this was brought home to me two weeks ago. I was uh, on my tractor, and uh, I've, I've bought some property, and I was cleaning the property and i 've got a set of, of headphones they're Bluetooth headphones, and so I had my headphones on, and I was streaming a Christian station uh, on amazon and and to be honest with you, they were playing songs i've heard thousands and thousands and thousands of times before and I really wasn't paying attention and and I was started to think and my my tractor's a place when I get on my tractor I, I just do a lot of thinking the problem was I started thinking about the wrong things I started thinking about the virus I started thinking about uh I just started thinking about the riots I started thinking even more than that I started thinking about all the hatred all the anger all the this, all this stuff that's going on out there in our world. And I just began to think about it over and over and over again as I'm riding on this tractor. And I'm going to tell you, when you think about those things, can I tell you what happens? You start to get anxious. You, you start to feel unsettled in your spirit, don't you? And then all of a sudden, what comes next is fear. And fear starts creeping in when you're letting all that stuff run through. And in that moment... In that moment, a song came on. Now, I don't know how I've never heard this song. It's been out for a couple of years, but honestly, I never heard it until that very moment. But I'm going to tell you, in a second, that song changed everything. In a second, a song changed everything because it reminded me of what I needed to be reminded of. I asked Miss Janice this morning if she would play that song for you. let me tell you, that is a worship song. That is a worship song. Let me give you three reasons. It is based entirely on Scripture. There's not a line in that song that I can't go to the Bible and validate based on the Word of God. In fact, the majority of it is based on Revelation chapter 5. The second thing that makes it a worship song is because it's about the right person. Which means it ain't about me, it's about Him. It's about Him. But the third thing that song did for me on that day, it, it just in the very moment that I needed it, it reminded me of something. And this is what it reminded me of. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right, Derek. You see, yes, yes, this world is broken. Let me tell you, this world is broken, but it has been broken for a long, long time. See, what's different today? We all think that the world's worse today than it's ever been, but it's not. The fact is, you're just exposed to more troubles than you ever have been in the past. You see, the fact is, when I was a kid growing up, and, and, and let's be honest, at least until, say, the last 40 years ago, the only troubles you really knew were troubles you experienced. Wow. Or maybe it was troubles somebody told you about, or, or at that the most, it was the troubles you read about in the newspaper, but now you hear about everybody's troubles 24 hours a day, and you don't just read about them, you see them in living color. Let me tell you, the human heart wasn't made to bear that much trouble. The human heart wasn't made to bear that. But you see, the world is not broken because of sin. I mean, I'm sorry, because of racism, because of crime, because of sickness, because of disasters. Those are just symptoms. It's broken because there's a disease called sin. Romans 8, 20-22 says this, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be, will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Paul wrote that 2,000 years ago. It's always been that way. You see, the world, this earth, is under a curse. It's why you have to work so hard to get some okra and some squash and some tomatoes, while the briars and the thorns just grow abundantly without doing anything. That's part of the curse. It's, it's why beautiful, perfect little babies can grow up and just absolutely break your heart. It's why that soft summer breeze at the beach can turn into that deadly hurricane. Listen to me, folks. It's why hate is so easy and love is so hard. It's why hate is easy. It's love that's hard. It's why death and sickness and hurt and anger and all those things are all around us. It's always been this way since Adam and Eve. It always will be this way. But, but, but there's a new creation coming. I love that song when I heard it. Do you feel the word is broken, but do you wish that it could all be made new? And down deep inside, I said, yes, yes. There's something inside of me that wants it to be made new. It knows something's wrong. I want you to imagine for a moment that you they were giving away the Mona Lisa. Not sure why they would do that, but just think for a moment they were giving it away. And you, you entered a contest. And lo and behold, you win the contest. You have won the Mona Lisa. And the day comes, they're going to bring it to your house. And, and you invite the friends and the relatives and the neighbors and the family. And everybody comes over and they... They bring it in, and you unwrap it, and there it is, this, this absolute uh, masterpiece by, by da Vinci. And you're, you're sitting there, and you just you can't believe it, man. You've never seen it in person, and the, it's just the beauty of the brush strokes. And you, for the first time, you realize, wow, I never understood what a masterpiece this was. And you all look at it for a while, and everybody goes in the kitchen for refreshments. And your little three-year-old has been hurt hearing all this talk about painting, so he decides to go get his paints and you come back in and he has just painted all over the Mona Lisa. And what are you going to do? I mean, it's, it's it's done. Now you try to you try to fix it and you just smear it. So you just you just hang it on the wall and people that come in can see, man, at one time this was a masterpiece. But the fact is that masterpiece has been indelibly marred. So what do you do? How do you fix it? Well, there's only one way. You'd have to find the original painter and have him recreate a new one. Let me tell you, folks, that's exactly what God is going to do. It's exactly what God is going to do. Revelation 21, 1-8. through 8, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. And then these words, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and He will dwell among them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself will be among them. You know, I grew up as a kid thinking, man, heaven sounds pretty boring. I'm going to be up there floating on the clouds, playing a harp. You know, I don't want to go to hell, but I don't really care anything about that. Listen, folks, that's not heaven. Heaven is right here. God is going to create a new earth. He's going to put everything back exactly the way it was before Adam and Eve messed the whole thing up. Isaiah describes it this way. The lion will lay down with the lamb. The nursing child will sit beside the serpent's hole. Never again, it says, will an infant live but a few days on this new world. That's how Isaiah describes it. But the best of all, the best of all, and God will dwell with us. When that line in that song that day, as I was listening to it, in that song, it said, and does God intend to dwell again with us? Let me tell you. I, I remember, you remember the story of uh, 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 Mary when she's been told she's, she's going to have a baby and she goes to her cousin Elizabeth. Y'all remember the story, and and it says when Mary walked in the house and she called out, it says the child within Elizabeth leaped with joy. Let me tell you, when I heard the words in that song, does God intend to dwell again with us, something inside me leaped. The Spirit within me leaped. Because there just should be a longing inside of that to be with Him again. It's going to be all right. God Himself will dwell with us. That's our home, not this broken world. Not, not this. This is not our home. Peter says we're strangers, we're pilgrims, we're sojourners. We're just, we're just passing through. We're here temporarily. But one day we're going to go home. One day we're going to go home. Until then, until then, let me tell you, Jesus is going to take care of you. The song says, does Jesus hold forever those He loves John 6.39, this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. 1 Peter one five. who by God's power are being guarded through faith for his salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. 2 Thessalonians three three. but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Listen, I could go on and on and on and on with scripture after scripture, but here's the point, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. God guards those who belong to Him. Jesus said, I'll build my church, not you. It's not, that's not our job. Our job is just to proclaim His greatness until He comes. Our job is to put Him on display in our lives. That's our job. That's what Peter said, to proclaim. You have been chosen, a chosen race to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous life. Let me tell you, God's got this. God's got, there's nothing going on right now that He's not in control of. Nothing. Isaiah 45, 7 says this, I form light and I create darkness. I make well-being and I create calamity. I am the Lord who does all of these things. There's nothing going on outside of His control. You can trust Him. One more thing that song reminded me of that day. He's worthy. He's worthy. Revelation 5, 9 and 10 And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on this earth. I I began this message talking about singing. Isn't it interesting that John the Revelator, when he had the vision of what's going on in heaven... They were singing a song, a new song. But did you notice the subject never changed? The subject in heaven never changes. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Holy, holy, holy. See, let me tell you folks, He's not just worthy to break the seal, but He's worthy of our love. He's worthy of our faith. He's worthy of our trust. He's worthy of anything That we have to go through. Paul said in in, in Romans chapter 8, he says, I reckon that I consider the sufferings of this present time are not even worth talking about. Not even worth comparing to what we're going to see when we see Him. Now right now, Paul said, and we see through a glass darkly. We can't see clearly. We we can't see what all is going on. But one day, face to face. Face to face. We're going to see Jesus. And let me tell you, on that day, it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. I want to close with one final thought. I read recently that 60% of adults in America today believe that truth is up to the individual. 60% of adults in America believe that truth is up to the individual. We are literally living in Judges 17. If you go back and read Judges 17, there's a line in there it says this, everyone did what was right in his own sight, right. in his own eyes. Everybody's just making up their own morality. Everybody's making up their own truth. And let me tell you, what do people do when there's no standard of truth? They lie. We are drowning in a sea of lies. Amen. We are literally drowning in a sea of lies. We are being lied to everywhere we turn. We're being lied to by our politicians. We're being lied to by our scientists. We're being lied to to by professors. And, and, And sadly, we're being lied to more and more by even our religious leaders. Now listen, that shouldn't surprise us. John told us the whole world lies in the grip of the evil one. The whole world lies in the grip of the evil one. And by the way, Satan, of course, is the father of lies. Here's what I want to remind you of today. Be careful of what you're putting in your mind. Be careful as you leave here today what goes in your mind. If you will, probably a bad analogy, but think of it this way. There's two dogs inside of you. One is named fear and one is named courage. Which one are you feeding? Which one are you going to feed? Are you going to feed fear or are you going to feed courage? See, lies... When you listen to them and they come in and you let them just roll around in your mind, they breed fear, they breed uh, anxiousness, they breed uh, insecurity. But this right here, it brings peace. It, It brings security. It brings courage. And that's what we need today. Let me tell you, I don't know what you're feeding, but don't neglect this word. Don't, I think Rocky stood here and said this a few weeks ago. Do not neglect this word. I'm not telling you, you can't get on the news and you can't get on the internet and see what's going on. But some of us are spending far too time, too much time in that and far too little time in this. And you wonder why you're anxious and unsettled and fearful. Let me tell you, in these times, surround yourself with the word of God. Read the Word of God. You can read it in, on the paper. You can read it on an iPad. You can, you can listen to it on an audiobook. And when you listen to songs, let me encourage you, listen to songs that are based on this Bible. Not, not these little temporary emotional things, but songs that can bring peace and security and courage in times that we need it. Let's pray. Father, we thank You today. Lord, we know that we live in uncertain times, but we've always lived in uncertain times. Always. We fool ourselves, but the fact is, there's not a person here that knows for 100% certainty that they'll be here tomorrow. It's always been uncertain. That's what this life is. But God, there is one certainty, and that's Jesus Christ. There is one thing, there's one rock, there's one fortress, there's one place we can run to that never changes, not one iota, and that is You, Lord. That is Your Son, Jesus Christ. So Father, I pray today, if there's anyone here that's feeling unsettled, that's feeling fearful, that's, that's feeling anxious about what's going on, then Holy Spirit, do what I can't do with my words. Do what You can do, God. Just make Yourself known. Make Yourself known in their, in their life in a strong and mighty way. God, put in us again a love for Your Word. God, just a, a, an unceasing hunger for your word. Let us in these last days be people of the word. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.